Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Unsung Stories. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened to Unsung Stories so far. I've been absolutely blown away by your encouragement and how well received this podcast is. So thank you. Today we're going to be chatting with Sarah Harris. This episode will be particularly helpful for you if you have a child with big emotions, a strong will, and the challenges that come from parenting that. Sarah has some great advice as she reflects on the last 12 years and her experience of parenting. But before we begin, I'd love it if you could help our show. Firstly, by praying for us that God would encourage you and other mums through it. And if you could subscribe and review to our show wherever you listen to it, but particularly if that's through iTunes. By you doing seemingly insignificant things online, you could be contributing to help get this show in the ears of the mum who feels like she's the only one doubting Jesus, that she's the worst Christian in the world, that she's struggling with sin and seems to be the only one who is struggling with that in motherhood. So please, please partner with us and engage with us online and just do what we need to do to make the algorithm like us. But for now, let's jump into the show with Sarah. Welcome to another episode of Unsung Stories. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Not a problem. Happy to be here. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your family and what regular life looks like for you and just some simple things that bring you joy? Yeah. So I'm Sarah and I'm married to Chris. We have three children. Inda's 12, Noah is 10 next week and Sullivan is 6. Everyday life for me is different this year because I've got all kids at school. But yes, I've been a stay-at-home mum since my eldest was born 12 years ago. And I, I do do a little bit of photography on the side. So that's also something that brings me joy, but it's also something I spend time doing in my week. Do you have an Instagram account or anything? That- do you have an Instagram account? This is a bit of a plug. Um, Sarah Harris Prince. Awesome. And here's me being all podcast fancy and I will tag that in the show notes. Oh, I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you said that all of your kids are at school now. Yeah. Uh, are you? How is that transition? But I kind of feel like you're living the housebound mum's <laughs> dream at the moment. Like, is it what we think it is, or are we idolising it? <laughs> um, yes, it's it's uh, it's different. It's a very new stage. Mm. I think I had had it built up as quite a fantasy in my head. It's kind of the goal to get to, so that I have days, where I can <laughs> yeah. and endless hours, endless to hours to do whatever. I want but um then COVID happened this year so that mm. threw a spanner in the works and instead of having all kids at school, <laughs> I suddenly had all three kids at home <laughs> so that was yeah I felt like God was had a good sense of humor and um yeah taught me a fair bit about humility in that season so yes it was tough but it was good and look the second half of the year since they've been back at school there have been quite great moments where you know the house is quiet I can put on some music clean the house and it's still clean in a few hours those kinds of things there is a bit of a you know there's always a grief 
in leaving a stage behind. So there is a bit of a grief like, mm. oh, you won't have those joys that you had when they were all at home, but there's joys in this new season too. So it's a bit of um, a bit of both. Um, so what has been one of the most challenging parts of parenting for mm-hmm. you? Parenting. It's a it's a big deal, right? It's um I think I want to make clear that yeah, I'm still in the thick of it. So everything that comes out of my mouth is um, you know, I'm still in training. I'm only twelve mm-hmm. years in and um I know that she's about to embark on teenagehood, so <laughs> catch me in another ten years and I might be <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> Yes, parenting has been a huge challenge. I think it was the steepest learning curve I've ever experienced. I was completely naive, which mm. I think you are really until you're in it. Mm. Well, otherwise no one would really become a parent. No, that's right. You get all the <laughs> advice they give you, but until you're doing it, it's been good. I mean, there's been obviously very joyful parts to it, but um, I think the most challenging part is the fact that it's really oftentimes a thankless job. Everything you have is poured into this little person, mm. but the fruit of that isn't often seen for a long time. And so it can be a hard road sometimes, especially when you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see. Mm. And so is there any characteristics in your kids that have been particularly, um, what's the word, edifying? Oh, yeah. That's a good word. Um, yes, uh, all three of my children have very large personalities. <laughs> They're beautiful and w- we love them dearly, but yes, they have very big personalities, very big emotions. But, mm. um, I would say that my first daughter, just by being the first one at, at first, threw me in the deep end, just, you know, the whirlwind of birth and mm. all of that. But also, yes, she has been given a very strong will in her personality <laughs> and I did not expect that. I didn't know what to do with that. Um, you know when well, you know when your baby's born and you, like, look down at their face and you think, who is in there? Like, who, who are you? Yes. These big eyes kind of looking up at you. Yeah. yeah, had no idea what was coming. So would you describe her as a strong-willed yeah, child? definitely. And so when people say, you ha- oh, I have a strong-willed child, what does that mean? Yeah. Does, is that uh, just a disobedient child or one that's hard to yeah. discipline? Um, what does it actually look I think like? It can, I think um, there's definitely disobedience involved. I don't think it's mm. as simple as saying a disobedient child, but they, are, they do tend to be more disobedient than your compliant child because mm. a, a strong-willed child, also known as a spirited child, is another word I've heard used. <laughs> I think that's a yeah, maybe a slightly more positive nice <laughs> description. But they they're just not afraid to challenge. A lot of a lot of it for them is about being in control. They don't take no for an answer very easily, mm. and they often are kids with massive emotion. I mean, that's hard enough when they're little and learning to regulate their emotions, let alone having big ones. That's, yeah. that's right. They don't know what they're doing when they're little. Um, but they, they, yeah, they want to challenge what you've got to say. They don't just go, oh, yeah, okay. Just sometimes can feel like a battle on every single thing. Have you found that uh, you have to parent Inda? differently to your other two because yes, she so is strong-willed? Definitely when she was little, there was a vast difference. So, you know, massive meltdowns and huge tantrums, public, private, it didn't really matter, was very mm. different to her sister. Yeah, I would mm. say the biggest thing that I learnt with Inda was consistency and to pick your battles. You know that old saying, well, it's super true for strong-willed yeah. kids so they'll battle you on everything but not everything needs to be a battle so yeah. just pick the main ones that are important because you do have to have that 
um, oh, I guess control yeah, well, as a parent and set the direction. I would say actually the biggest thing I've learned as a parent is that mm. I'm actually not in control. She wants that control. Mm. I think a lot of it has to do with her feeling safe as well and wanting to be in charge of what's mm. happening around her. Inda's a very mm. deep thinker, extremely sensitive and always been very curious. They're very perceptive kids. They, yeah, they're quite clever. And so you've got to be consistent. You've got to know what you're going in <laughs> with. I think, you know, for example, she knew what she wanted to wear very early on. No, I won't wear that dress. Yes, I will wear that dress. And, you know, early on, we would get into these mega battles about what she would wear and what I wanted her to wear. At the end of the day, there had to be Mm. a non-negotiable, which was you have to cover up your private parts and you have to dress for the weather. And then, you know, you can pick whatever you want, like giving a bit of that control back to her. So if you want to wear your Um, pink sparkly tutu, you can wear your... I hate, but you love. Sure. And then there's non-negotiables to do with character. You know, you can't just go hit your sister over the head. There's going to be a consequence Mm. for that behaviour. And you have to go into those ones that you know you have to win. You have to go in there with, I am going to win this. And that doesn't mean getting angry or losing your temper. It just means staying calm, repeating the same thing and not budging. Put this boundary in place. It's going to take you a while to accept it and you may Um, completely freak out with frustration. mm but you will eventually calm down. If the, if the consistency is there, my experience has been that they do accept it eventually. I feel like that would be particularly challenging for you. If I was you, it would be particularly challenging for me as a parent. Do you feel like it triggers oh, you yeah. in some ways? Like it would be bringing <laughs> out your frustrations and your sin and even uh, would affect your relationship yeah. with Chris because you two need yeah. to be on the same page of, yeah, what yeah. what are our boundaries? Yeah, well, I'm married to a very, very patient man who's very um, steady (laughs) and I'm more the up and down Mm. emotional one. And, yeah, it it taught me so God, Like I would say part of this has been that God has taught me so much about myself and seeing my reactions Mm. to her behaviour and the huge anger I feel in her, Mm. yeah, in her big emotions. We ended up seeing a psychologist for a couple of years with Indy because, I was just out of strategy and resorting to yelling and all these things that I never wanted to do as a parent. Yeah, so we went mm. to see somebody just to kind of help me understand Inda and help uh, and Chris and help strategies to kind of help us mm. out. And I remember them saying everybody has shark music and so she'd sing like and everybody has them. And for me it was anger. I didn't know how to deal with anger well. And so when my kid is there in like full rage, we used to call her a wild animal, like in complete chaos, I would be triggered Mm. with my own sense of anger, which I didn't like because then that would make me freak out and then (laughs) it was just a mess. It's a great cycle to get into. I found strategies very helpful. So when Inda is doing this, I'm going to X, Y, Z. I just have a plan in my head and then. Yeah, focus on yourself, calm you down. um, Walk away too much. Yep. All those kinds of things. Yep. Um, and if I was out of strategy, that's when I would be in danger of losing losing the plot. And it mm. obviously happens. Yeah, let's not pretend that I have it together all the time. <laughs> wow. So as difficult as all of that seems, it actually sort of sounds like there's some advantages and beauty in having a strong-willed character as well. And I think particularly beautiful mm. in having a girl. How do you foster that in your child? Foster the beauty of it. 
Yeah. So encourage her in in there is times to have a strong will and stand yeah. your ground on things. Is there ways that yeah. she has shown that and that you can you actually can encourage this part of her nature rather than Yeah. So I remember it? from the earliest time that I knew we were kind of dealing with a strong old kid from when she was quite young and yeah, lots mm. of meltdowns and huge reactions to seemingly minor things. I just remember praying to God and asking him over and over that this strong will he's given her would be used for his glory and not against Mm. his glory. So that's been a consistent prayer of mine Mm. Um, because, let's face it, having a strong will can be a really great thing as a grown-up. It means you're not easily led. Mm. It means you think for yourself. Um, It means that, yeah, you're often a Mm. leader. All of those things are great things. And it's just that you're raising them from the time they're tiny and they've got no idea what they're supposed to do with all these massive feelings they've gotten. You know, as a parent, it can be really hard because you've got to help mould that, mould their character. So, yes, at this Mm. point, and we are only at 12, but, yeah, Linda is... Mm. all of those things she she does think for herself she's not easily led and I mean starting high school for me that's actually reassuring that she's not just going to follow whatever's said without questioning that and thinking about whether she agrees with that or not and all of that kind of stuff so that's great because it's also helpful for your relationship with her that she if something does go Mm. against what she naturally you know she doesn't want to go with the crowd Mm. she can come to you and have that conversation with you and it gives you that opportunity to speak into her and and because she has been so challenging she is out of the three of my Mm. children the one that shares the most with me I guess because she doesn't Mm. just accept what's said to her. So then there's good discussion that happens and she's curious Mm. and she wants to understand and wants to know so she can think and put it all together for herself. So that has been a real beautiful part of it too. Like I think I know her quite deeply because we we share quite deeply because of that strong will of hers. If Sarah of two-year-old Inda could know that that was an outcome, I'm sure that would have been a lot lot yeah. of relief for a second and then go back to the that's right shaping that persistence is huge you know it's a long it's a long-term game mm. it, all parenting is a long-term game yeah and I think it's yeah. step by step but I do remember being in those years I'd probably say zero to six were the most intense yeah and I just thought I can't do this I can't keep I can't keep doing this but yeah well, it's hard enough uh, with any child to teach them to regulate their emotions and just, you know, act in society in a way that works for everyone. <laughs> I think that's a challenge. are the most traumatising thing. Lots of the struggles around having a strong will seem to uh, be around respect and would be unbearable to live under someone else's limitations that's been put on them. Uh and so how how does that work with being a Christian? Because I'd imagine that's an extra struggle and a real challenge for that strong-willed person as we're called to be living out our faith in obedience. I think um, I think that's a struggle for all humans, full stop, in, in, to some to some degree. Mm. I mean, that's the whole thing with sin. We don't we don't want um, a God over mm. us. We want to be God. So. Yes, and then add mm. that extra strong persistence and you know, um, fight mm. um, against those things. Yeah, that can be a really hard thing. I think the thing I've found so far is um, she'll question everything. When I was growing up, I mm. did grow up in a Christian home and, and was taught about Jesus from the time I was very mm. small, and I never questioned it until actually I had children mm. and then realised I had to teach, teach them what was true, and so then I did go into a great deal of questioning and seeking and all that kind of stuff but 
she's asked them from the get-go. So she was asking huge questions of me, like two and three, but I was gobsmacked that she was even interested I don't interested know the in. answer to that. Yeah, and then how do you make it applicable for a three-year-old's understanding? So um, I think <laughs> You just believe that. In that's that. right. Um, so that scared me a little bit at first. but um, It's good for you. And it's great for her. So it's meant that she's had 12 years of thinking and processing mm. and deciding whether she agrees or disagrees. And doing that as a child, how Mm. beautiful, because I I think lots of people who do grow up in a Christian home have that bit of a crisis Mm. of, oh, why do I believe this? So to have that as her foundation and she can be prepared to give an answer for what she Mm. believes, that's well thought out. That's a pretty amazing gift. And I have written it down for her because I often think about that for myself growing up in a Christian home, like, did I ever ask these questions? I don't remember asking these Mm. questions. So I have written them all down for her so she can look back and go but yeah I really did think about this it hasn't just that's beautiful yeah but um I don't think strong-willed children are not obedient I think they just don't obey willy-nilly like they're not just going to do it because you Mm. say it it takes a lot of thought and consideration and I think part of it too is about control but also feeling safe so do I trust Mm. you do I trust what you're going to tell me and that's been a big thing actually for Inda and I I've often said to her at times, you just have to trust me Mm. because there is that anxiety of, will I be safe? If if I do what you say, is it going to be okay? So I think there is that Mm. side to a strong-willed kid as well. Which doesn't that just reflect the Christian walk as well in that we're obedient out of Mm. faithfulness and trusting in the gospel and having faith in is is that, well, I am just going to trust God's promises and that what he says in his word is true and sometimes it just does not feel logical or feel like it makes sense but we're called to do it and we can really trust in God. And I think you end up going back to who he is and can I trust him. If he's good, of course I can trust him. And then you point mm. back to Jesus yeah. and, yeah, look, look how good he is. He's given his son for me. Yeah. So even if yeah. this doesn't make sense in this time of my life, I can trust that he's good and I can keep following him. That's beautiful. I think that's my hope for her as it is for all of my kids. Mm. And so do you think being a Christian has changed the way you have parented Inda and her mm. will? I think that if I didn't have Jesus in those years, it would have been much, much harder having a God to go to who you know listens and hears you, who's made the child and given it to you. It's very comforting and helpful to be able to cry out to that God and say, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to ruin this. You know, I've been entrusted with such a precious gift and you've given her these qualities help me mold these qualities because I don't I don't know what to do. Mm. It also allows you to reflect on your relationship with God because a lot of what I've learned in parenting is that I act exactly the same way towards mm. God. So, you know, <laughs> Great like, humbler, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So the amount of patience and persistence he's had with me over my lifetime and grace poured out mm-hmm. when I kind of don't want to do what he wants me to do and I disobey him all the time. And it is mm. that beauty of teaching your children about forgiveness and teaching mm. them them how to ask for forgiveness but also being able to ask them for forgiveness when you've done the wrong thing and show them that you too need Jesus. I do think that that has deepened my relationship with God and it's deepened my trust in him too because I can't save her no matter the best job I do in the mm. world. I mean God had such rebellious children, has such rebellious children as well and he's so holy and perfect so even if I was the most perfect parent there's no guarantee that she'll know and love Jesus although in saying that it's not irrelevant what you do either. But yeah. you can't save them. I think that was a big thing for me. You can't save no, them. No, I 
in I can God's. be faithful to God and do my best in teaching mm. her to go to Him. But in the end of the day, at the end of the day, I can't control that. That's a hard, hard place for any mum mm. to come to, but helpful yeah, and humbling. So, so I just think pouring out your heart to God is a very valuable skill. And yeah, how do you press on in parenting when you feel at the end of your rope? Just thinking of the mum who probably has that zero to six year old. Do you have any hope or encouragement for her or even any practical advice of things that have Um, helped? I'd take a deep breath and have a good cry because sometimes that can feel really, really good. (laughs) And I would remind her that tomorrow is a new day. But again, I would encourage her, pull out her Bible. Mm. The Psalms are so helpful because they articulate a lot of these feelings mm. and use them to talk to God, use them to cry out to him and ask for you know, help in sustaining you and pushing on. And then I would, I mean, I used to ring my mum a lot. If, you, if not your mum, then maybe a close friend or something like that where mm. you can just debrief, get out how you're feeling as well. Um, that was always helpful for me mm. and to have um, someone kind of go, kind of put it back into perspective a little bit because it can feel very overwhelming at times and it's just nice to hear. Yeah. Even I tell you what I used to love. I used to love when I'd rock up to church for like crash and there'd be a mum on helping mm. and she's had a strong willed child and mm. just being able to say, look, this is Inda, this might happen this morning, I'm really sorry, this is what we do, like and freaking out a little bit, leaving her there and worrying what's going to happen and her saying, it's fine, my, you know, whoever was very similar and now he's la la la. And that used to be very helpful for me to go, oh, she understands. Okay, good, I can leave her there. I reckon I read a lot of books as well. I just wanted strategy. I just wanted a plan. And when my plans fell apart, I just needed another plan. (laughs) Just need that list that you can work through. Okay, the plane engine is crashing. What do I do? (laughs) Give me my 10 steps. That's right. How easy would that be? Oh, tick a box. Instruction manual for children. (laughs) So I'd say the one book that sticks out in my mind is – I can't remember the authors, but it's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. I am reading that Mm. at the moment. It's very encouraging. I've only got to the first step of identifying their emotion and labelling it, but it's very good. That was my first, where I learnt first strategies for With Indy. I got that book and I read it and I read it and I read it and I put all of the things like from each chapter, stuck them up on my wall um, and put practiced awesome. some of the sentences so they sounded so rote learnt and, re- <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> and ridiculous when I was saying them. It's there in the moment. I know That's you're great. feeling embarrassed. That must be hard. like, you know, it sounded <laughs> like a robot. However, the longer I've done it. It sounds like you're yeah. angry. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard when we feel angry, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> used to completely throw that in the garbage because say to her, Inder, it looks like you're angry. And she'd be like, like an amazing, <laughs> of course I'm angry. Um, but for me, it was very helpful because it gave me some words instead of some yelling and some freaking out of myself. So I would recommend that book just for having a plan of how to use your own words. Yeah. I am pretty convinced that on Audible there, so I assume there's an other book, there's a condensed version okay. of it as well. So if you are time poor, yeah. that they've just 
summed it up for everything you need to know. Have a read of that. And then when you've got some more time, go and read the reason behind it. So, yep, I found that helpful. I mean, I read them all. Like I read Raising the Strong Wood Child by James Dobson and all those, but that's the one that stuck out to me the most because it gave me some strategy. Great. I would also encourage people to go and see a counsellor or a psychologist for themselves as well because I know for me I've, you know, struggled with anger or not knowing what to do or why am I reacting this Mm. way? And when they really push your buttons, uh, it's been really helpful to – Uh, have time where I can talk to someone for an hour and figure out what's actually going on for me and someone workshopping me in that moment so that I can work through my reactions and then I can model that to them and help them with the same things because really we're going through the same thing I'm having an emotional outburst of I don't know how to do this because they're not knowing how to do something yes absolutely so I'd say also a big thing is that I've learnt to listen better. Mm. I think listening, listening, listening to what your kid is saying is very helpful as well mm. for trying to understand where they're coming mm. from before you react. And that's harder to do when they're tiny, of course, but as they mm. get older and are able to have more articulation of what's going on for them, that's been very helpful as well. Mm. Sarah, thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. Mama, we hope that you have found it helpful, particularly if you are feeling the weight of parenting big emotions, boundary setting and strong wills. And in the wise words of Colin Buchanan, press on mums in all the chaos, look to Jesus through the tears. Press on mums, God will guide you in these precious tender years. And in all you do, do it for Jesus who won you life and free forgiveness. Yesterday, today, he is the same. All you do, do it in Jesus' name. So why don't you stop and take a minute and pray to your loving Heavenly Father who's there for you to throw yourself onto. Heavenly Father, thank you for children. Thank you for the gift they are to us. Thank you for the way they bring us so much joy. Um, And also thank you for the way in which they humble us greatly by revealing to ourselves um, some of our own shortcomings and um, need for forgiveness. Um, I pray for the mum out there who's just so weary, who's just tired and feels that all their efforts are producing zero fruit and every day is a battle. Every moment's a battle. Nothing's easy. Um, I pray that you would please um, be near to them. Help them to to run to you. Help them to know that you listen, you care, um, and you are growing and shaping and moulding them in this season. I pray that you would give them perseverance and people around them to help hold them up when they feel like they're falling over and people to talk to and strategies to use to help raise these children in in their character and we pray ultimately that they would be used for your glory that they would be great workers for your fathers they they might be the leaders and the people who can articulate the gospel well and well thought out we pray that you would um, use their parents to do that well and please provide grace upon grace where we fall short and i pray for the parents who Um, are going well at the moment. Thank you for that, Lord. Please um, encourage them and and give them great joy. 
but still continue, Lord, to help them be on their knees before you, praying for their children, the grace that you've shown us to be shown to their children also. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.